I'll let you know when we're bubblegumming it. You'll let me know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know when it's like a half hour's past, and then uh, it'll be time for bubblegum. Only a half an hour? Well, yeah. That's all we're getting? Yeah. What you kind of show see, is this? You want to see a movie, man. It's a ripoff. You want to do an hour of music, then that I don't gives g- us a half hour of talking. I want to give people what they don't want. <laughs> Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. There we go. We did it. We uh, we stuck that uh, beginning. We stuck, now, if we keep, uh, we keep it all going, we know we don't know if we're going to stick the landing. Yeah. But if we keep it all going, uh, you know, at that rate, yeah. this is going to be a fine show. I three, really... three, four, if you're keeping count. And uh, if you're not, don't worry, whatever you're listening to uh, on this uh, is uh, already keeping count. So you don't need to write it down. It's there That's on the true. screen of it's whatever there. you're listening unless to. Unless I unless I wrote it down wrong because I can't I still can't wrap my mind uh, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that it's 300 episodes. You were almost freestyle deep. rapping there. I was almost freestyle. <laughs> if I was a robot. Beep beep. Or talking to the witch doctor, your friend the witch doctor. That would also be a thing. He's a good friend. But look, that's same guy who did the chipmunks. You know that. Oh no 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 no. Let's not get into that. Because that's music talk. <laughs> and that's for the last hour of you the show. Wanna, you don't want to do any music. No, no, no. We can't have music talk in the can first I, bit. Can I talk about we've already got music talk in the, in the second, uh, in, the, in, the, in the last hour. See, that's too bad because I'm going to talk about music before we... Uh... Oh, my word. It's all music all the time. <laughs> all Fair enough. Time. Go for it. The floor is yours. Well, I was just... No, no. You, you started it and then I'll, no, I'll no, interrupt no. you. I'll no. interrupt you with something more important. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I think my favorite uh, sugared breakfast cereal is Captain oh, Crunch. No, that that a, oh, what's that? What's, what, what? Back to you. <laughs> I went down. Uh, on on Sunday, mm-hmm. I went down to Seattle to see Sloan. I think you mentioned that on last the show. Canadian, yeah. The Canadian rock band Sloan. I guess, I did I mention it? I guess I, I mentioned so, it a little yeah. bit, but I didn't mention a lot of it. I just mentioned it. Because it was kind of interesting to go because I've been to a lot of shows here in Canada. And, you know, they're, they're a Canadian sensation. We love them in this nation. Mm-hmm. We think they're quite uh, a delight. And this is how we like them in Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good for you. Yeah. Who, what band is that? Mm-hmm. You going to see whom? Oh, the, Sl- Slo- the Sloan. Slo- the Sloan? The Sloans. Uh, what, what song do they have? Well, you know, the one that starts with like a, uh, sounds like a, you know, a police car siren and then and it has a bass kind of going bum, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also you the ones that... who say in the middle of it, uh, I'm going to live in Canada and we all go, yay. They did that. We like being mentioned in, uh, in yeah, our we do. songs. We do. Yeah. Well, because I guess he's talking about a choice that he made. Yeah, it's not like that thing at the end of songs sometimes where they just yell out city names. <laughs> like, Detroit, <laughs> L.A., Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, a, Woo! and it's like, it's nice. Yeah. What I would do if yeah. I was like uh, doing like a song trying to make it a hit, I would just randomly yell people's names. Mm-hmm. Daryl, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Vanessa. You know, and then someone would go, oh, I like this song because my name's mm. yelled for no reason. In it. Well, David, David M. has, has the song, uh, The Names of the Folks I Hate. Oh, okay. And he does name a lot of different people in that song. Has that list expanded over time? Nope. It's the same same bunch of people. Okay, that's good. I'm mentioned. Oh, no. There's a Dave. I don't know if it's me or not. I just take it personally like everything. Could be life. a self-loathing thing. Could be him talking about himself. Yep, yep. Does he ever refer to himself as a Dave? He does not. Oh, then it's you. <sighs> Ouch. Yeah. Um... So you went. You saw. You saw. Uh, I was just going to. I was going to mention the family, uh, uh, Sloan. <laughs> Sly, Sty and the family Sloan. Uh, I. Uh, I was going to mention though because uh, Eve went and saw uh, One Direction here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. who told the audience, who was so delighted to hear this, that they were the best audience that they played for on the tour. 
and they couldn't believe what a great crowd it was, and they just loved them to bits. Then there was a kind of a mix-up, and we actually the girls had to end up getting tickets to the Seattle show as well. Yeah. So the night next night we drove them down to Seattle, so they go to the show in Seattle. It turned out that was the best show they'd ever best con- the best crowd ever. Well, it's possible. Maybe Fantastic it's crowd. Maybe it's built. Love them to bits. Maybe maybe Vancouver was up until that point. <laughs> what I would like to see is like someone you know, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle. You're the greatest crowd we've ever performed with. And then uh, and then, but they get no reaction from Seattle, and they're like, well, "What is it?" And then and, and Harry Styles goes, uh, "The other crowd is right behind me, isn't it?" Back <laughs> the entire crowd has showed up from the Vancouver show the night before, just giving them the chill look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, yeah, we went down to see Sloan. So you went to see the Rolling Sloans. I went to see the Rolling Sloans. And they... <laughs> so you went to see Sloan Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? That's good. That's a Seattle reference. I like it. I went to see, yes, uh, Sloan. It was interesting to see them, though, because, as I was saying, here in Canada, they're... Okay, they're not as big as they once were. But at one time, they were pretty well... You know, they had... They could... They were popular enough that they would... They could host an Dave. entire hour and a half show on, on Much Music. Absolutely. You know? And Dave, look... Mm-hmm. I was on board before all you jumpy wagon banders. Okay, let me just say yeah, this, yeah. all right? Sure. You know, I was working for a little show called Street Sense. Never heard of it. And it was very popular, and Vice Magazine said we're the best Canadian uh, kid show ever. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> look it up. It's on the internet. Uh, but uh, whenever we needed uh, something to do with musicians, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about like uh, buying instruments or sure. forming a band or yep. whatever, they were our go-to guys. And they were like just the up-and-coming band. Okay. That, who the heck knew these guys? Mm-hmm. And we gave them the old That's CBC nice. uh, bump. Yeah. And then here we go. And now what are we doing? 2018, you're still going to their concerts. And I just want to say uh, sincerely, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you really did give them a bump. And uh, they do have that about them that really, uh, they're a little, but they're a little too friendly. And I think that they kind of blew their cool mm. by being too, too friendly, too, too open, too, too, um, yeah, just too accessible, I guess. Uh, but I always loved them. Like I loved when, um, on much music, there was Mike and Mike, I believe that was the name, and they would travel around, and they did a lot of the Halifax stuff because Halifax was like the place. It was the Seattle of of the North, as uh, Chris Murphy pointed out on Sunday. <laughs> and so there were a lot of bands where they were all happening in place. This is one of those one of those kind of scenes that coalesce in that kind of miraculous way that a scene can happen, where suddenly you're just like, who knew there was so <laughs> much talent in one place? Like, where are all these people coming from? How come no other town is like this? But it just, you know, there's the opportunity to play. Sure. There's the clubs that need to get filled. And so you have this natural up outgrowth of music, you know. And so Sloan was one of those bands, and they're sort of the major band that came out of here, but there's lots of other bands. I think also what you need to make those situations really happen mm-hmm. is not a lot of talent agents in the area to scoop them up early. Yeah. So it's like there's enough yeah. time for you to like stay there That's and right. incubate. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it probably once the scene started to, like, you know, Geffen signing Sloan and Sub Pop yeah. signing then Jail. Picking and the fruit too early. Sub Pop signing you know, Eric's yeah. Trip and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and so all these bands start getting taken out of the scene. And uh, it starts to break down. But even... Oh, anyway. So, um, so like I said, so here in Canada, here it... Although, to be honest with you, there's shows sold out here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But here's my feeling about that. It was put on by Ticketmaster, who are notorious scamsters. And every one of their shows sell out in about one second flat. Like, it doesn't matter how ready you are to buy those Flight of the Conqueror tickets. They're going to be gone before you even had a chance to press enter on the computer. I'm speaking from personal bitter experience there. And... Um, have you never seen Fly of the Concords? No, I never have. Because of that? Okay. Have you seen them? Yes. Where did you see them? Hollywood Bowl. Oh, see, that's good. That wasn't it was t- good. Was it a Ticketmaster concert? Uh, what no, they do it was with- a show up at the door and uh, get tickets. What? 
It's Ticketmaster sending the police to arrest me for cracking <laughs> this uh, wide, wide open. Uh, here in Vancouver, we have a real, it's a real closed scene. Like it's a real circle jerk of a bunch of different people, agents and concert promoters who are in it together to one, destroy a Vancouver music scene by promoting their artists that they love so much. So there's a couple of agents in town that represent a couple of bands over the years that are very well known outside of, in and outside of Vancouver. And almost no one else can get out of here because it's such a incestuous, closed thing. And it's always been like that since the early 70s. It's just been like that. And, uh, and concerts are the same here. When a concert, when it, when it, unless it's uh, put on by an independent, um, what's the word, independent promoter, mm-hmm. when a concert comes to town, you're guaranteed it's going to be sold out, but it's paper sold out. So the Sea Fox gets the tickets and they're giving them away. And so you end up with this papered, concert venue a bunch of people who could give a shit about the band they're seeing or you end up with a bunch of meatheads who you know decide that it'd be great to have a have a mosh pit in front of the stage mm. by the way everyone mosh pits dead there's just no need to have mosh pits anymore unless you're like going to see some sort of like retro punk band there's no need to start mosh pits you know but anyway uh so you end up with this kind of unpleasant group of sort of jockey guys who listen to the popular radio stations in town that come out to shows like this because that's who's promoting it and it's really unpleasant so i'm kind of glad that it was sold out and we didn't go to that because we went down to see it in seattle in an area i have never been in in seattle before i didn't even know it existed what is it what area what area yeah oz i didn't even know it was there it's the big yellow road that runs through it Mm -hmm. this giant city in the distance is like green right there's a feel uh, like we tried to legalize poppies so that's that's, what i guess what's what happened paid for them we tried to get there and we fell asleep Mm -hmm. so we didn't actually get to that part of the town but we did get to the concert venue eventually and no it's in this area it's southeast seattle and it's called columbia city district i believe all right and it's so to get there you go you go to seattle like you go past seattle and then you turn as if you're going to spokane but you're not going to spokane don't go to spokane that's like another six hours away Mm. and that's a mistake but you turn off as though you're going to Spokane. And then almost immediately you turn off of this road that takes you to Spokane onto a different road, which is Rainier, by the way, Rainier Street. Right. And then you follow that road. Named then, after the beer. Named after the beer. And the commercials. Rainier. Great ad. It is a great what ad. What a great ad that was. Mm-hmm. But the beer is gone. Although I think it's back. But in essence, it's gone. Uh, on a brief tangent, what sure. a golden age that was for Seattle ads. You Name another good, one that was great. Ivar's Clams. Ivar's Acres of Clams. Yeah, those were great ads. Really, yeah. like, uh, good ads mm-hmm. for uh, Seattle-based things that just made Seattle seem kind of cool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because they also had those ones for uh, Olympia Brewing with those car- the artesian, you know, those little, car- they had these like kind of like gnomes or, or like artesian gnomes or something like that. This is ringing a bell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the not as good ads for Vern Funk. <laughs> Shake your junk for Vern Funk. I don't think that's what it was, but I think it that's might what it was. as well have been. <laughs> Shake your trunk for Vern Funk. Yeah. <laughs> Shake what's in your trunk for Vern Funk. Give Vern Funk all your money, or you're going to lose your driver's license. That's what oh. the commercial was called. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Sounded very. Uh, it's, it's it's imposing now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you turn off, and then you go through a neighborhood, which I'm going to describe as down at heels. Okay. It's a little bit. You're kind of driving through, and you're kind of like, is this where we should be going? Because this is not looking great. But then you get past that, then you get into an even worse area because it's hipster town. 
<laughs> Hipster Town USA. No. So, but it's like a little. It's a really cute small. You know, as 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 uh, people are now recording yeah. in a uh, studio that's in Hipster Town, just up the street <laughs> Canada, from Canada rough, rough rough uh, goings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not throwing any stones out of my glass house <laughs> right now. But okay, please continue. So yeah, it's this really cute. Uh, you know, like a one story building, uh, kind of Main Street. With uh, but mostly mostly now it's like it's no longer like actual things people need. It's just like. You know, club, 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 bar, bar, club, bar, uh, booze shop on the other side of the yeah. road. Had a work- Again, that's a bit like this neighborhood. That had a working ATM. Without too many it. of the clubs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like satchels, uh, <laughs> knives that only cut pears, things like that. We have a lot of that and then a lot of record stores. Mm-hmm. We have, that's, that's what this neighborhood Oh, and uh, vegan cheese. That's we have right. a lot of this, yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of business. That's well, only uh, open Saturdays. Yes. Between the hours of eh and when we wanna, <laughs> you know. It's artisanal, man. Sure. Uh, they can do what they want. So, because it has art in the name. Mm-hmm. That just gives you license. Yeah. License to... Clocks are for squares, man. License to idle. License to loaf. So, uh, we went to this... It was called, um, I think the Columbia City Theater. But it didn't seem like a movie theater. It seemed more like a actual, like, theater theater. Kind mm. of stage. Uh, and not like a kind of a deep stage. Not like a movie theater stage where it's kind of like a it narrow... old? When do you think it was built? Yeah, it seemed very old. Like, it seemed like 1930s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty small. It was about half the size of the place they played here, for for reference. Is that is that make any if anyone cares? It was half the size of what I expected. It was okay. no no I half of the size of the place but you what I was ex- the size of. What okay. I was expecting <laughs> what I was expecting was uh us and a couple other Sloan diehards. Because they're not really well known in the States, in my thinking. Sure. But actually they had a really good turnout. Probably of other Vancouverites who couldn't get into the stupid Ticketmaster closed off show, so they said, well, "What the hell? Let's go down to." Did you look for Seattle. Canadian license plates when you were outside? I should have done that. I didn't think about it. I was listening to people say "a," mm. you know. But it turns out Americans also use the letter "a" when mm. they talk. So, did you bump into anyone? Have them say sorry for you bumping into people them? in That's Seattle. Also say sorry if you bump into them. Damn it! Yeah, I can't think of what else you would do. Apparently, it's a Pacific North and Southwest thing. Mm. Yep, that's it. That's the only way. It's <laughs> the only way to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, and it was a packed club. It was absolutely packed with people. And what's nice about going to something like that is, like, unlike say going to the Sloan show here, which is full of a bunch of people who got tickets for free because they're trying to because they're trying to make it look like the club's full. Uh, wrongly, they should have sold tickets to people so that it made the club look full. But anyway, down there, there actually were people who wanted to see Sloan and love Sloan and have made Sloan their little thing. You know, because all their friends like American bands. Right. You like American bands? What are you, a nut? You should be listening to Canadian bands like me. So you get all these people, you know, they're kind of like those people I love, the people on the outside of everyone else's thing. And, uh, yeah, it was great. They're so thrilled. They're thrilled to be there. And Sloan put on such a great show. Was there an opening act? No, there wasn't. They were their own opening act. They played, what? and then, then they had an intermission. And people booed when they were the opening act. That's right. Boo, bring on <laughs> Sloan. But we're we're Sloan. We, oh, yeah, boo, we want Sloan. <laughs> Sloan, get off the stage, you bums. We want Sloan. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, Sloan. Yeah! That's Sloan badmouth the opening act. <laughs> Sloan. That's what, uh, that's, that's what Spinal Tap used to do, which was pretty great. Open, yeah. Open uh, as a you know, folk band and get booed and then like come back as themselves. That is great. It's also nice because you're not making anyone else take the bullet for you mm. as being your uh, opening. I think I think Sloan were running a bare bones tour. Like I think they are in a kind of make money while you can mode right now. Now, as someone who likes going to concerts, mm-hmm. I am not. I am not one of those people. Uh, do you like an opening act, uh, or do you like I, no, get to I, the band I wanted to mm, see? I've got places no, I to do, be with. I do like it. I like it. Do. 
Okay, I like an opening act if the band is serious about an opening act. What makes a not serious? Okay, well, act? you. Okay, here's an example. I went to see Van Halen. This is a long time ago. Well, yeah, I was going. Well, this what, is a long time ago. Who's the Who's the lead singer at that point? Uh, David Lee Roth. Oh, that is a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yes. Oh my stars. Okay. Well, you want to see the original thing? Don't go to the uh, imitation. Yeah, uh, life went on without him. <laughs> yeah, but did it? Little bit The their opening act. Their opening act. You ready for this? Yeah. After the fire. Mm. Hit song, Der Commissar. Okay. So the sort of new wavy pop act opening for Van Halen. Like, could you have anything more obviously to get booed by an angry group of teen teenage burnouts than that? No, you couldn't. You know, it's like The Who playing uh, at um, the Kingdom yeah. down in Seattle. They open there. Who is their opening act? The Meat Puppets. Mm. Like, no. <laughs> The Meat Puppets is like a club act. And even if you like a band a lot, sometimes it's better to not put them in that situation. I mean, maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, let's expose people to the Meat Puppets. We love them. Everyone will love them. Sure. But that's not how it works. Most people are like, we want the Who, or we want someone that sounds like something that the, is part of that thing that I like about the Who. So I like hard rock, and I just want a hard rock act to come out here. I don't want this kooky band of country uh, psychsters coming out to play their weird off-tempo, off-kilter music. Don't want it. Get off the stage, you bums. When you, have have I ever told you the story of uh, David Lee Roth in Vancouver? Have I the spun f- that yet? The fake David Lee Roth. That's the way yeah, the story goes. Yeah, yeah there was a, a fella. For those of you who who aren't aware of this, there was a guy for about a year that was hanging around the uh, Vancouver comedy scene who uh, was David Lee Roth, but it turned out it wasn't David Lee Roth. Did then. he look like David Lee Roth? Uh, well, who the hell knew? So it was like you know he looked enough like David Lee Roth that people all thought he was David Lee Roth. And it was was not, he a gigolo? That's one. That's one clue. I don't. I don't think he got paid for sex, oh. but I think he got free drinks. And he was just. <laughs> uh, he was just like a local celebrity. And yeah, some okay. people did go out with him, so some stuff happened. Uh, but then a couple of months later, uh, people figured out he wasn't really David Lee Roth, mm-hmm. which is weird because you would think that would be something you could uh, done research on pretty fast. But it was just. It was something that no one would. No one would think someone would fake being David Lee mm-hmm. Roth. Let's say five years ago. That's not your. That's not your go-to. Oh, it was five years ago. About five years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and so it was. Uh, You're right. Yeah, you think, oh, well, this is what David Lee Roth looks like now. Because how would you know what David Lee Roth looks like now? That's that's possible. And uh, yeah, got away with it for uh, for quite a while. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Because you well, because then people it didn't occur to people they didn't have a lot of money, and David Lee Roth would have a lot of money. No, no, it wouldn't because you could assume that a musician would have got screwed. Uh, for, who was oh. popular in the 80s mm. and they've he, been through two singers since he did very well yeah but they don't know that you know you can you could see someone who's like mm-hmm. broke you know like you see he looked like how a rock star would look if they were going on big brother or something yeah, you know? yeah. you'd be like oh and there's yeah. that guy from uh, the mm. band i like there's a guy from the cars oh hmm yeah that's what he looks like now well, he looks very different but yeah, that's yeah. how people look when they're older well he does look different i mean he lost his hair right you know he had that kind of hair where it was bound to happen and you assume when you see someone on a show but... like that that they're not doing that well so mm. the idea of a musician from the 80s not having money now mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that's crazy he must have stored it away and invested in, in apple no you know you can see like <laughs> david lee roth you could see like yeah that's a guy who would have blown his money yeah that makes sense sure sure uh and also people believe what you want to believe you believe mm-hmm. the lie that you want to you want to do i would love to see the guy's picture to see uh, yeah if that comparison. scans or not yeah yeah see if he like spent look like took any like if he chose it carefully he's like who do i look kind of like yeah i could kind of get away with being david lee roth because yeah david lee roth i mean he does okay you know, he does okay. He's like he's like a, a Vegas guy. Sure. He goes down and he does a lot of like 
big shows. Has he lost his hair? He did lose his hair, yes. Yeah, this guy had lost it. So again, mm-hmm. that's a good visual yeah, yeah, thing yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right. But I don't, you know, it's interesting because he's not one of those guys, it, in my memory, he's not one of those people that like blew it. You know, he didn't like have a major drug flame out or anything like that. He didn't end up as a booze hound. Yeah. You know, his marriage, I don't even know if he's ever been married, but whatever his relationship was, didn't end up on the rocks because of, you know, he did get broken into one time. And I think he fought the guy off with karate. Mm-hmm. I do remember that happening. Just a series of jumps. A series of I don't think karate is a series use of jumps. Jumps. Okay, I'm Maybe sorry. He jumped. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed the. Okay, there we go. The reference there. Yeah, sorry. Might as well jump. Because yeah, mm, it's funny. Here's a it's something it's, that it's funny that someone would choose. That is weird, but okay. And I would. Th- I'm surprised that people I don't, don't do alone. that fakey, fakey thing like more often. Like it would be so easy at a comic con to you know say I'm Joe Sinnott. Yeah, and just like who would know? Yeah, if yeah. you're an older fella. Like who would know? Like That's there was. A good idea. I went to uh, a party once, and uh, someone was being a real kind of jerk to me uh, and my friend, uh, kind of blowing us off a bit for this. Uh, it was a fringe festival, right? Okay. And uh, and after they were being real snobby, snoopy snobs, <laughs> uh, they asked. Oh, sorry, I didn't ask what your name was. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, you know, I'm. I said, oh, I'm uh, Mump. This is Smoot. And because there was like a, a couple of clowns that were popular at the at the thing, uh, Mump and Smoot, and all oh everything changed, and it was like oh it was a very different personality change. Yeah, yeah. And and I went like oh no, I, I was just jo- I was just joking about that, and I let them know that I was I was I was I was fun, and I went oh man, if I want to get a lot of free <laughs> shit, it'd be so easy to just yeah. like you know, well, go especially with- if you're like a guy that well, your act is all makeup. Exactly. No one's gonna know. Yeah, if you're if you if you went into a place and went just like I'm Bozo the Clown, who would know? Mm-hmm. No one would know. You know, of course you probably are Bozo the Clown. Why would you make that up? No one would make that up. Mm-hmm. So you get a bunch of free shit. People buy you drinks. Like, well, bye Bozo, bye everybody, and uh, off you go. The other thing you could say is that you're uh, I'm here doing pantomime of the penis. <laughs> People would immediately just either leave you alone or get very. Uh... The the fun thing to do would have been with the David Lee Roth guys to find someone who looks a bit like Eddie Van Halen. But and like come mm. in and have that guy fake yeah. and be an Eddie Van Halen, but then pretending he knew the David Lee Roth guy. Yeah, yeah. And then like now, does the David Lee Roth guy go, "You're not Eddie Van Halen," mm-hmm. or does he have to now, but double down and yeah. go like, "This is Eddie Van Halen." Yeah, yeah. Now we're hanging out together, sure. and, I, and and you've got power over me now because mm-hmm. you could out me at any time. How's how's Alex doing? Who is Alex from? Uh... Oh, you blew it. Oh, I'm sorry. His brother, oh, Alex right. Van Halen, the drummer. Okay. All I know is he was married oh. to Valerie Bertinelli. He he was yeah. That's a that's a hard thing to blow, <laughs> to wreck. Like he wrecked uh, his re- he wrecked his relationship. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you didn't mean it like I, that. And I'm glad I, I meant, didn't take it like okay, that. And I'm glad I didn't say it like that. <laughs> sorry. I just meant it's it's a it's a terrible. It's like you're married to Valerie Bertinelli. That's a great right. That's like you know sort of every boy of a certain age's dream. Right. And then he wrecked it. By the way, I want you to look at the uh, the that's what she says that's on the shelf that I left up there. That would have been perfect to take down from that and blow the dust out. But I didn't. You know why? Because we were in a classy show. We were in a classy. It's right there. It would have been perfect for it. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean it to sound like that. Okay, I keep pitching him. You keep ducking him. I understand. You got a lot in your mind. uh, It's it's all it's all fine. I just meant that you know he was living like every teen beat reading young man's dream, Mm -hmm. tiger beat reading young man's dream, and then he he wrecked it. Yep. It's too bad. And now Valerie Bertinelli is doing cooking shows. And she seems pretty happy. She's laughing a lot on him. Hope she's doing well. <laughs> Wish her the best. She hasn't been on the new uh, One Day at a Time that I've seen, but Mackenzie Phillips was. And I was like, good for Mackenzie Phillips being on the thing. <sighs> yeah, but you know what? You can't. What are you going to do? What, are you going to get in a cave and live there forever? I guess. You know? 
Again, not her fault. Not nope. her fault. Terrible. So a terrible situation, yeah. but that doesn't mean you have to like li- leave life. You know, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And they've she made should. her the therapist on the show, which is like, oh, yeah, that works. This is okay. This is all right. She was my favorite on the show when I was. Uh... She was the best on the show. Was she? Yeah, I'd say she was the best actor. Okay. She was the one who got the uh, dramatic uh, plots when something mm. went wrong. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be that. Yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was my favorite as a as a young lad. Mm-hmm. And I saw her on a plane once in the first class section when I was getting on a plane. It Did was you like, say hi? Uh, I I would like to have, but I was too oh, nervous. Okay, she was doing something in Vancouver acting wise, and I was like, Ooh. oh, that's right, I remember that. I remember reading about that because she's the sort of person that attracts press attention, right? Because you read People on Planes magazine. <laughs> I read People on Planes. <laughs> Who's on a plane today? Flip flip flip. <laughs> those, oh, that guy from Fringe. Those. Motherfucking people on those motherfucking planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although I think that's common, actually, for people to be on planes, now that I think about it. I don't think it's as rare as you're, you're implying by them having a magazine about people on planes. Because that makes it sound like it's not very common. It's actually very common mm-hmm. for people to be on a plane. I don't know if you knew that. I was just pointing it out. <laughs> ah, first class looks so good. It's kind of like when I said last week we were talking about... Oh, I, we didn't say it because I cut it off, cut it out of, the, out of the opening of the show. But we were talking about my losing uh, the show, last week's show, Mia Culpa, Mia Maxima Culpa. Sure. And, uh, and, and we said something and I said, you don't, you weren't there when you lost something. Because when you lose something, it implies some sort of absence of yourself. Mm. Whether it's you're just not paying attention to what's happening and you put something down and you walk away and then you don't remember what happened with it you know right. so in a way you're whenever something gets lost you're not really there when it happens even if you're physically there you're not there which is sort of a, a deep thought i thought that is a deep thought but i when we were talking and about then you, bef- and then you cut it out of the uh, opening of the show i did and because so you lost that because you, it's a lost segment <laughs> a lost about segment. being lost and well, how you we didn't are ex- not part yeah. of the thing and yeah, you and true. you cut that away yeah. and lost it i did wow we didn't really explore it that's a it. deeper thought we didn't explore it and I thought I thought it was funnier the way it the way I did it. So because I will cut anything, I don't care what it is. I will I will massacre anything for a joke. <laughs> All right. So and I'll massacre anything for a plug. So here's oh what I'm you do can right uh, uh, plug. Listen, if if you guys uh, and uh, and gals and uh, however you are, what about me? Uh, and uh, and Dave's okay uh, or David's, mm. however you go with. <laughs> uh, if you um, if you want to come and see us live, uh, David, myself, and Nina Matsumoto are going to be doing a free comic book day signing at the Eighth Dimension Comic Store in Vancouver on May fifth. Yes, uh, we're going to be signing uh, the free comic book day Sparks. That's not the whole book. The book doesn't isn't for free, but it's about the first <laughs> chapter or so, and it's quite good. It's well presented mm. and looks nice. So we'll be there uh, doing a signy sign. And then probably afterwards, we'll be going to a nerdy pub and having a beverage. That's what we're going to do. Um, nice. Can I have so, some food? Yeah, you can. Oh, you can you. eat some beef, chicken, fish. Sounds good. Shrimp, I like which the, is also fish. I like the options. Is shrimp a fish? Or yes. It's a crustacean, isn't it? But wouldn't that count as fish? I don't know. Well, you used to be a, a fisherman. <laughs> it's true. Which but. makes me a fisherman's friend. There you go. You, you're a lozenge. I am. I am a bit of a lozenge. Uh, the week after that, we're going to be me and Nina Matsumoto are going to be at TCAF. Nice. And uh, I finally got my information up on the TCAF page. Sorry to Nina for uh, dragging my heels on that. I couldn't figure out the entering your information thing. I just couldn't figure it out. Mm. And I went at it two days in a row and then just like threw up my hands yeah. and just stormed around there was the room. A teenager walking past and you got them to come in the house and yeah. show you how to do it. That's right. Yeah. No more. Well, actually, what happened was I, I stormed around and then my cat just went, feed me. And I went, all right. And that's what I my cat. <laughs> um, Meow. 
But uh, they do a thing where they uh, debut uh, books there. If they come out after oh. uh, March, if yeah. they come out March or after. Uh, but Nina applied, and we got in under the wire apparently. So oh, uh, we're nice. going to be a debut book there oh, as well. So great. Sparks is debuting, and on the Sunday at TCAF, uh, Nina and I are doing a panel uh, from twelve to one. So if what's the panel on? The panel is on Sparks, the book. Oh, and also uh, VCR repair. We had to split. <laughs> So, uh, two subjects of which you are an expert. Yeah. Nina knows about sparks. I know about VCR. You repair. know so much. You know, there's nothing you don't when know. When the tapes unwind, can yeah. you wind them back up sure. or should you just get rid of them? Mm. You know, how do you tracking? stop that blinking clock? How about tracking? If so, if your young person puts a, a grilled cheese sandwich in there, what's what, what do, you do you do? Yeah. What do you do then? Yeah. How do you get rid of the track? Oh, you're not going to tell about it now. You're going to, these are just things you're going to talk I'm about. I'm not giving away for yeah, free. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give it away for free. It's not a free comic book. No, 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 no. You're right. So anyway. There's that. It's not free comic book panel day. Dave's not at that because he's not allowed in Toronto. This is a thing he did in the CN Tower that we cannot talk about. Yeah. They had a glass floor. They no longer do. Let's just say that much. Yeah. Kilts are fun. So anyway, um, <laughs> the week after that... Kilts uh, are fun outside the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing uh, VanCaf, Vancouver Comic Arts Festival, and that is on uh, the following weekend, whatever that weekend is. Just look on your weekends. Uh, and uh, David will be there, and Nina will be there, and I will be there, and we're all going to be like... I will out. be there. I will definitely be there. We'll be hangabouts. Another person that will be there, which is nice, uh, we got a letter from them uh, many years ago. We had uh, a listener to the show come to celebrate their uh, Sweet 16. 16. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't know if it was a Sweet 16 or just a 16. Well, I, I think every 16th birthday is sweet. They came to see us, so called, it couldn't have been I that sweet. I called mine sweet. Did you? Yes, mm. I did, because why not? You want? Cause you might get some presents. Uh, and they came up to see us, and that was fantastic. And they're coming back again for, I believe, the 21st birthday. Is that correct? Am I getting the, you are right. the birthday right? You're right. Uh, so that is our friend James. And they will be uh, uh, coming and hanging and saying hi and demanded a shirt, which really seemed a little, <laughs> you know, all right, fine, geez. Uh, but we're going to be giving them a book and a shirt. And hopefully I'll remember to get that shirt. Otherwise, I'll feel terrible about it. But it'll be nice to see them again. Yeah. And if you want to see us, we'll be there as well. We will not just only be hanging out with uh, James. But we will say hi to James. For sure. We'll be happy to see James. I've asked uh, James what types of food uh, they like. And they have let me know. And bad news for Dave, sushi. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, about Yeah, looking at the list, that's all that James can eat. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily, sushi restaurants do also have beef dishes, steak. They That's have other fine. Things. You know, I'll, I'll eat uh, some sushi. Yeah. Well, that's this thing. Like, you don't know what a fish is and what isn't. So a sushi restaurant is confusing for mm. you. Shrimp. And you're like, ah, what's yeah. what's this about? Yeah. Yeah. Throw up your hands. <laughs> this is not seafood. Well, it is out. seafood. It's not a fish, though. Okay. Also, it's not kosher. Sh- oh, right. Shrimp is not kosher. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, this is not kosher. Is a line in De Commissar, which is the uh, which is the hit song of that band that oh, opened is that for right? Van Van Halen. So I, when they yelled, "This is not kosher," them. people in the audience yelled, "Boo! Bring on <laughs> the real Van Halen!" <laughs> You're not. And then kosher. a young fake uh, David Lee Roth in the audience went, "That gives me an idea." <laughs> First of all, though, I'm going to go get some shrimp from this fish and chip stand. Yep. Wait a minute, that seems to say that it's fish because uh, they've only said they got fish and chips. And then I'll wait for my hair to fall out, he says, and then I'm going to get some free drinks in the future. There was a young Dave in that audience who then snuck down, or I didn't, but I snuck down, my friend and I we would sneak down so we could stand at the front of the stage. Okay, here's and that's my, what I did. Here's my trivia question for you. A lot of pot was smoked down there. In about the same time that the, the Van Halen had a hit song called Jump, another Jump. band had a hit song called Jump that was also in the uh, top uh, 40. Uh, what band was that? Parachute Club. That is not correct. That was Rise Up. <laughs> Darn it. It's also get going up in the air. Right. Uh, Jump was also a... Sp- oh, you know what? I kind of know this. I'm giving you a clue. 
Give me a clue. <laughs> I'm giving you a clue. Point, uh, you're pointing at me. Uh huh. The Pointer you a clue. Sisters. That's right. Okay. Yeah, the Pointer Sisters had us uh, had us jump. Oh, one of them just died. Jump for my love. Sure. Jump brackets for my love. Oh, that's right. But confused. it was called jump. Yeah, it was called jump brackets for my love. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know what it is about. What is it about the bracketed song? Mm. Like like make if up you, your mind. Yeah, and like is it? Can you just leave the brackets off and it's still the same song? Mm. Okay, okay, is this, it optional? Yeah, because the Stranglers have a song called Bracket Get a Bracket Grip Bracket On Yourself Bracket. So is the song actually called Grip, or is it called Get a Grip on Yourself? But ah. get a get a and grip on yourself are in sorry on yourself are in brackets and only grip exists outside of the brackets. What's the what's the name of the, the real name of the song that's uh, in brackets? It's the Pina Colada song. Is it Escape? I think you're right. Escape by Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. Okay. Because speaking of that, last week on the show, I think Rupert Holmes is uh, Harry Potter's best friend. That's right. That's right. That would be good actually. <laughs> Anyway, all the... I uh, was tired of Hermione. Yeah. We've been together too long. And then they uh, both send owls out. That's right. Uh, like uh, wanting to fool around. And then they they end up at like this uh, wizard's convention. But it turns out it's both of them. Like, oh, we were, we were supposed to be together the whole time. He only wants the pina colada flavor jelly beans. Those mm-hmm. Bert's... Uh, um, no, it's interesting. I uh, didn't realize this last week on the show. Uh, I just want to... Hey, let's just interrupt the show for a second. Okay. I just want to, to thank do a totally different show. I just want to th- yes, that's right. I just want to thank my 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 youngest daughter. Oh yes, she did a great job. Eve, aka Phyllis. Right. Uh, Eve bracket, aka Phyllis bracket. <laughs> okay. Who uh, stepped in uh, somewhat against her will <laughs> to? Uh, no, I'm joking. She was my quite, house, my room. She was happy to happy to come out, and she came out to the studio, and and she she sat in as we discussed the music last week. And it was kind of funny because I thought, well, we'll probably do this. It'll be about a half an hour. Sure. Because Eve. You know, always tells me that she's shy and doesn't like to talk very much and stuff like that. And so when we'd filled an hour and a half with Gab, I was like, what? Yeah. She had a lot to say. And when you start doing the All About Eve podcast, you'll go like, this was unofficially the first episode. <laughs> so that was good. But we uh, talked about... Any to... father-daughter podcasts out there? Is that a thing? I don't know. Because you guys had a nice rapport. And it was like, Thank you. this seems unique. There's something here. I would market this, but continue. Okay. Well, we, I, wanna, I want us to do a Grimcast together, just go through all the Grim, yeah, Grim episodes. Yeah, you should. So it seems very timely to do that. But anyway. That's not what podcasts are about. <laughs> you're right. Uh, well, we talked about that, that song, the Bob Duro, Rest in Peace, mm-hmm. Blossom Deary, Rest in Peace song, uh, Answering Machine. Yeah, he passed away like the day after our thing went on. Oh, right? wow. Sad. Yeah. But uh, nothing to do with us. We weren't like trying to promote the show. Or increase the value of the show. Increase the value of the show. Though the nice thing was I was mm. able to then take that song and then put it on some people's pages who were uh, paying tribute to him. And okay. they had not heard the song yeah. and were uh, quite enjoying it. But the it. song, written by Rupert Holmes. Oh, neat. Escape, bracket, the pina colada song. Let me give you an example bracket. of someone who enjoyed the song. Sure. Uh, Mimi Pond. Oh, how nice. There you are. Good. It is a fun song. It's a very fun song. Yeah. I, I classify it as cute. I think it's kind of a cute song. Agreed. And something, I guess, in his style, Rupert Holmes. I don't really know much about him, actually. I know that he was a songwriter before he became a singer-songwriter. So he was writing songs for other people, and then he worked up enough industry cred that he was able to to perform, like, to do a do actual songs. And he did what you know anyone in the right mind would want to do, which is to write a huge smash hit that you can pretty much just retire on and live the rest of your life on residuals. You know, if you live right. If you live right. If you live right and have the right management and don't get screwed. Okay. But I think he had enough experience in the industry that yeah, he I think, probably... I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, for It's sure. a good thing to, to get a hit later in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 You don't just want to be... No. Like a Jimmy Webb, you know, someone who, like, 
kicks kicks the you know kicks a field goal 15 times over but all when you're young you know so you're writing your up up and away and your wichita lineman and your by the time she gets to phoenix and or by the time i get to phoenix i should say and all the songs that he all those hits but those are all like 60s hits like yeah what have you heard from him since then well i mean the most famous example uh and we'll begin to our own music thing very shortly because we're almost at that point uh, i used to work on a, a a show called big sound it was Big a Greg, sound. A Greg Evigan uh, sitcom, and David Steinberg was the producer, and they would have uh, celebrities show up to mm. be music industry people playing Kay. themselves Kay. or variations. Neat. So this person was not someone playing themselves; they were playing another person, and they were and they were a delight. Let's just say this. Okay. I will also uh, spill the beans and say they were not the first choice for this role. Okay. But the person that we got for this role, uh, because I think the first choice was Brian Adams, and Brian Adams said no. Uh, and uh, well known dink. And the person we got, yep, was Hammer. Hammer, like as in MC Hammer. Who oh, was really? Going by Hammer at that point. Okay. Okay. And uh, at hmm. at the and at that point in life, he was uh, famously a cautionary tale. Sure. Of someone who spent all their money. Yeah. Put build a huge mansion that yeah. everyone could see on a hill because mm-hmm. he wanted people to be able to look up at him and be inspired. Okay. And then they looked up at it, and the mansion was being. Uh, <laughs> he was being kicked out of the mansion. Yeah, yeah. That did not work out well for him. He's being foreclosed. But uh, no, he was at that point happy to have the money that we were giving him okay. to be on our little Canadian show. Sure, sure. So again, it was one of those things where you're just like, oh, here's the here's the example of be a what little careful yeah. with the with the mm-hmm. with the money. Sure. All right, good to know. And he was apparently pretty open about that kind of thing uh, with the with the mm-hmm. uh, cast talking about that kind of thing. Really? Just yeah. Like, eh, just be careful. And of course, he had Greg Evigan there, who had been famous many times over for many different things. Yeah. He was he knew he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he, he knew how to bank those. He said, "This guy's got the... BJ and the Bear Bucks mm-hmm. and the My Two Dad Bucks and the Tech War Bucks and mm-hmm. the whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was fine. Greg oh, Evigan's fine. A working actor and uh, uh, probably no money from a year at the top. But my God, that's a weird show. Did you ever see that show? No. A year at the top. Are you not familiar with this? No. Oh Lordy, I wish I I wish I knew. Big. I think I think Don Kirshner was involved in it as well. Okay. But here's here's the concept behind it. Uh, was it's a band, uh, and it's just the two of them. It's Greg Evigan and Paul Schaefer before Paul Schaefer took off. Okay. Okay. And the two of them, uh, sell their soul to the devil and they're going to have a year at the top. Okay. And so they're, uh, they're touring with their hit songs. So they actually play songs during it. Yeah. And there's interaction with other musicians and what have you. But it was a, it was a sitcom where, yeah, they would, uh, the devil would be there and, you know, would be like taking the souls of other musicians and stuff like that. And it was not very good at all. But the, but the songs were not bad, uh. you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was famously well, Don, this. Don big... Kirshner is a pretty cagey vet, like music yeah, business. I believe vet. he was involved. It okay. be, it's weird because that name would not pop up unless there was a reason sure, for that. Sure. But sure. yeah, it was, it had very, very short run. You can see little bits of it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, it, it's something that fascinates me because I think I saw an episode of it as a kid. Mm. And as a kid who was like uh, very, very scared of the devil, uh, <laughs> this show was a little terrifying to me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because huh. they do all these jokey things where like someone would like, you know, uh, be like caught by the devil and like basically, you know, uh, sent to hell in a burst of smoke. Sure. And they would, and then, and uh, the, the wisecracking thing would be said and ever, and the laugh track would go, ha ha ha. And to me, it was like, this is the most terrifying thing. <laughs> Just like everyone's laughing at this person that's damned for eternity. This is so horrible. And, and, uh, you know, how is, how is Greg Evigan and Paul Schaefer going to get out of this one? Well, you know, I played the devil for Halloween. So, uh, I feel pretty close to him, pretty much best buds, mm-hmm. he and I. Did you only get like uh, hot treats, like uh, hot <laughs> tamales? Right. I only and, wanted uh, hot cinnamon. And... Hot. That's right. I only wanted hot, spicy candies. Yep. No, no. People would offer me candy bar. I'd be like, "Don't want it. 
It'll melt in my hand. <laughs> It'll melt in my hot hand. Yeah. My hands were pretty hot. I was a little boy wearing a costume and a jacket over top of my costume. And the costume was basically a plastic bag that my mom bought at a, at a, you know, at a drugstore. So, you know, I was probably boiling to death. So, yeah, my hands were probably pretty hot. I probably, like, could melt a chocolate bar in about one second flat by just touching yeah. the chocolate bar. Trading some kids' uh, candy for their souls. <laughs> just writing their names on a little list. Yep. Then setting it on fire at the end of the night. <laughs> Real creepy kid. Sure. Nice. I know, I know where, where my, uh, where my bread, no wait, sir. I know where my butter is on the bread. Does that make sense? I know which side of the bread my butter is on. Right. That's what I meant to say. It really doesn't matter because you're the devil, so it's going to be all melted anyway. <laughs> it's it's just going to soak right through that bread. I know which side the melted butter is on. <laughs> now, David, uh, Ian. you and I are, are going to do our traditional not go see the Marvel movie that's opening I, this I'm evening. Not, I'm, well, this is, this is actually more true than you, than you know, but I'm actually not that interested in the movie. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well that seems crackers to me. Why don't you explain to me why? Well, I don't feel like I don't feel like anything about it mm-hmm. is interesting. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, nope. Go ahead. Uh, like I enjoyed. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. I enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy are in this. And I liked uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. I thought that was pretty good. All right, there, he's in that. Yeah. All right, so those two things that you really like. Mm-hmm. Very good. But my my problem you like is Spider Man Homecoming. I did like Spider Man Homecoming. He's in this. Sure, sure. Okay, so but it's all the people that you before, like doing the, doing the characters you like. One second. Before. Mm-hmm. Before the last Avengers movie, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Civil War. No, not Civil War. I enjoyed Winter Soldier. Okay. That's probably all that I enjoyed at that time period. Okay. Was Did the three come out before the event, Age of Ultron? I liked Iron Man 3. Uh, 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 Avengers 2 came out before uh, Captain America 3. No, no, Iron Man. Oh, Iron, Iron Man, Man 3. 3. Oh, I'm not sure where Iron Man 3 came out. I think it came out before. But anyway, okay. I like those movies, but, sure. but I, I didn't find... Uh, Avengers 2 very compelling I thought it was not a very interesting film okay right from the get-go I was turned off from it all right I don't think that has anything to do with this film but okay but but I'm just saying so so that's your event film of these of these movies like so I'm enjoying the first Avengers movie I thought the first Avengers movie was quite good yeah and that's because it gave me what I wanted from that kind of build-up to it. It actually was like a successful combination of all those characters with a compelling storyline and stuff like that and it had a character that on further iteration has been ruined for me, but in the original, in the original Avengers movie was great, and that was the character played by the Canadian actress who was on How I Met Your Mother. Um, Colby Smulders? Colby, yeah, Smulders. Maria Hill? Maria, Maria Hill. I've not liked her in anything else she's done as that character, but I loved her in that movie. I thought her character was great Didn't in like that film. did like her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. Okay. No, nothing. I pref- like, it just seems like as they've tried to develop her character, it's not got, she's less interesting than she was in that film. Where I'm I just gonna, loved. I'm going to doubt that she's in this one, but, uh, but yeah. go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like every, so, uh, two wasn't that great. And even though there's some films that came before it, I enjoyed. And so in this case, there are some films that came before this film that I enjoyed. I don't know. And, uh, and the Russo brothers did a great job with Winter Soldier. I was less, uh, pleased with Civil War. And it's not their fault. I just feel like these movies, have so much of a load to carry now that it's hard to tell a story because you're just carrying so much baggage on top of the back of the story that you end up with a movie that doesn't end. It ends in like a kind of a, a whimper rather than a bang. Really? Yeah, I strong, felt that way about strong, Civil War. Strong disagreement. Okay, go ahead. Well, what's the ending of Civil War? Uh, the the breakup of a of a of a friendship. The break yeah, up, the breakup the, of a friendship sure. that's been building for so long. Sure. That's 15 minutes before the end of the movie. Then you get a bunch of other stuff that happens after that. You get the long scene in the Avengers headquarters with the horrible Tony Stank joke. <laughs> then you end, then you go to a cut, couple of cut scenes after that of them escaping from the un- underwater prison and things. Well, talking, and so it's, talking about it. But it's yes. this kind of, 
it's this kind of like instead of ending on a fantastic note, which yeah, it would be great if the movie ended after the battle scene mm-hmm. and we that we get that you know fantastic moment. We don't. We get that, and then it kind of dribbles to the end of the movie. That's what I mean. They can't end the film. They have to keep carrying on this load of stuff that's wait till the next time mm-hmm. as we carry this across. Do you find that about comic books? I don't read comic books, so yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like I feel that delivers on what comic books are in that you complete a story, but then you leave open mm-hmm. elements to keep going. Yeah, because it is a continuing story mm-hmm. in a way that I can't think of any other movie series doing, with the exception of maybe Star Wars. But that did it for so over such a long period of time. Yeah, that it yeah. was its own thing. This yeah, is like, this is like a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. At the yeah, I'm just amazed that they can do it. And let's I'm face it, with with it. Star Wars, it, the best thing about Star Wars was when they like surprise themselves and went in a different direction mm-hmm. you know like it's I mean, always been the case with star wars and that's what we liked about empire strikes back and that's what i liked about the last jedi was it's a movie where it surprised itself and went in its own direction and i think in a way that even the people who are making the movies went what <laughs> you know like, yeah. so uh and i feel but we marvel is much more controlled and that's not necessarily bad you know i i like i think they do take chances i think hiring uh, Taika Waititi, for instance, or the Russo brothers. Right. It was a mistake to get rid of Edgar Wright. I think. Yeah. I think they learned from that. And, sure. And, and, sure. And realized because I think they were worried that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to bomb, mm-hmm. and then it became a huge hit. And mm-hmm. they went, "Oh shit, we can be weird. We can take weird it different and directions. have heart. You know that we yeah. can have. You can have heart and be weird, and it's and, it and works. that is part of what you're saying about surprising themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, something like you think like, why do we need another Spider-Man movie? We we sure don't mm. need a reboot of Spider-Man. Sure don't. And then you see the Spider-Man movie and go, oh, that's... we needed a reboot of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got it. We okay. need a movie where they got the character. Yeah. Uh, since the Sam Raimi ones, where I think that he really got the character in the first two films. Yeah. What it, what it feels like to me with this is we've now built up these characters so that we've got. Okay, here's an example. Okay. In Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Uh, I think Doctor Strange was better in Thor Ragnarok than he was in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. He was a much more interesting character uh, than than he was in that. Well, he wasn't in it very long, so that he probably... wasn't. He was just in it for a bit. But yeah. that's what you're going to get with this film. Sure, uh, you're probably going to get like one or two or three characters that have like a, a, a all the way through. Yeah, but you're going to okay. get Hopefully. these characters. Yeah. That uh, have been uh, condensed to the point where all we need are short little scenes mm-hmm. with them, and mm-hmm. that's enough. Yep, that's the concentrate. Uh, and then you've got like a a villain who's your Darth Vadery fucking villain. I don't I don't really know what he does or what what happens, uh, but it's just going to be to me fun. Yeah, like I, I can't see this movie. Like I, I'm sure it's going to have a sad ending because it's a Marvel movie, so it's got to like you got to have the oh no. Mm. Uh, uh, but I'm sure I'm going to bet you anything that the first half hour is going to be hilarious. <laughs> I bet it's going to be hilarious. Hey, I, you know, and then I'm I hoping bet you're for gonna good get, stuff. In a way so. that's funnier than any comedy that you're going to see like this year. Okay. And then I'm going to bet you... What, better be... than cock blockers? <laughs> I've heard there's one good thing about cock blockers. Uh, and then... Someone's the... cock? Nope. Oh. Uh, quite the opposite. Uh, and uh, oh. the... Uh, and I bet there's going to be some good spectacle. the anal drinking the scene? There's, uh, there's something... Do you want to know what it is about cock blockers? Yes, because I'm not going to watch it. Here's what it is. You went and um, saw it. No, no, but I know, but I know what it is. So okay. if you if you don't want cockblockers spoilers, yeah. Yeah. go ahead five minutes, and then we'll get to the music stuff that you all came for. Uh, is that what you came for? There's there's uh, one of one of the fathers who's there, and I'm not sure if the mother's involved in this or not. Yeah. But there's a there's a daughter there, and they they all make a pact that they're going to lose their virginity on prom night. But, how, how silly. But the but one of the fathers knows that his daughter is gay. But she hasn't come out to her friends. Okay. So she's going to 
lose her virginity to a boy yeah. and he doesn't want her first experience mm, to, to be, be so terrible to be a lie <laughs> yeah and and it's coming from apparently a very loving way where he can't oh. actually say to her yeah. i know you're gay because she hasn't come out to mm, him yet mm. so that's the beat they're playing with that oh it's that like, sounds interesting actually yeah i might watch this movie <laughs> to be honest with you. So there you go. now i am why didn't they bring that out in the trailer the trailer looks so much garbage so I much know. hot stinking garbage that's the thing but they have this message that like all these girls <sighs> are now going oh my gosh this is a really great mm. uh angle to take but yeah i don't know how you would put that in a two-minute trailer and not have it be have it be spoilery? what's wrong with you you don't like a the, the yeah. you like the you know it's not well that. you could have him talking to the wife and just saying that like yeah, stating but, i don't want but it, but how do you have that as a beat yeah in the, in right. the thing it's very difficult right. but i mean if it has that in the film then the film isn't all just garbage right. and i'll say one more thing about the marvel thing before we get on uh, i think marvel has done a, an amazing job of not spoiling really interesting things that they do in their movies like like comedy bits and for instance it, for instance, yeah, uh, uh, a lot of the Grandmaster stuff that was in uh, uh, Thor. How do you mean not spoil? Okay, it? let me go this. Let me go this one. Let's go to like. Uh, no, Civil, not Civil quite War. sure what you mean. Sorry. Let's go Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. Uh, the airport fight scene. You see them running at each other. Okay. There's a climactic thing that happens in there that's like, oh, that I had no idea was coming. Mm. That was a really interesting visual that I hadn't seen in any other movie before. Okay. They played with it. Was fun. Yeah. They they usually have w- at least one or two things like that that are just ah. Mm. You know, and it's uh, and and they're able to like keep it together and not not blow it because yeah. they do so much that they can fill up their trailer with shit, and yeah. so you've still got more mm. shit to see. I haven't really seen any trailers for this movie. Well, there you go. Then uh, we're fine. Uh, well, <laughs> look, here's the thing: you you and I are going to be seeing the movie. I'm sitting with uh, my wife uh, and uh, my sister in law. Uh, I'll be sitting by myself s- on the other side of the theater. No, you will be sitting across an aisle, but we're going to be making eye contact through the whole thing. Oh, how thing. nice! So I'm going to be looking <laughs> at you because because there was. Trust me, it's the best seat. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but we'll be looking at each other. And I'll be like, huh? Huh? See? See? Get it? Like it now? I'll be, I'll be doing that. A lot of that stuff. I'll be ignoring How about you eating now? popcorn. Yeah. And, uh, and so on and so forth. I, I am totally prepared to enjoy this film. You like popcorn. I, I like popcorn. You I, like I, hot popcorn? You like butter? I like cold drinks and You hot like popcorn. the band hot popcorn? No, hot butter is the band. Hot butter is the band. Popcorn is the song. The song you could play on a phone. Seems so modern in its time. Seems so modern. All right, Dave. We and are so badly used in the snowman. We have uh, we have some some time to do uh, our music bit, but, but then let's we do go. our music bit. All right. Let's now, do uh, what we've been doing uh, last couple of weeks, uh, you guys have been suggesting a theme for Dave to come up with five songs about. Uh, you yeah. will then tell us uh, a song that fits that theme. Yeah. Dave gives you those uh, themes. Uh, we have had uh, technology. We have had dogs. We've had cats. We have a, our book Sparks. Mm-hmm. What do we got this week, bro? Well, I was really hoping that a listener would come through with another another topic for us, so that I could push you further back. Because mm-hmm. I was, I'm, I've been enjoying disappointing you, but no, our sneakers disappointed me. Okay, they disappointed Dave, uh, which is fine. Apparently, you're mad at me for losing last week's show, and this, this is understandable. <laughs> so mad, so mad. So, uh, Ian, oh, oh plugs. Oh, sorry, uh, I, I'm writing for Mad Magazine now. Go, go read Mad Magazine. And the last one you did was really great. Thank you very much. I also write uh, tweets them now hmm. here's how you know if i wrote a tweet did i retweet it that's your secret code oh, i wrote the tweet. To know. I sh- i'll have to follow uh, mad magazine i've not, not done that yet sorry okay so um ian way back when way back if we go back in the, the, in way, the way back, back machine, machine <laughs> we will head jigs one two three um they we went we'll go back in time okay. to this and ian said why don't you put together a list of your favorite bubblegum songs favorite unknown bubblegum songs okay top three bubblegums though before we get started oh hubba bubba yeah hubba bubba 
Well, you know, I'm going to go bubble yum. Then I'm going to go bubbleicious. Then I'm going to go hubba bubba. Uh, out of, out of those, I'm going to go. I'm going to go off with an outlier. Yeah. And not everyone likes this kind of bubble gum, but the bubble gum that came with OPG hockey cards. Very nice. The razor sharp. Cut your mouth. Yeah. But I really like those. And I'm I'm going to go off off grid as well. I'm sure. going to say uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Uh, bazooka, but bazooka cherry. It was like a cherry log. Wow. Uh, yeah, lightly yeah, cut yeah, into yeah. five. Yeah. Uh, you got the big comic, which was worth mm. more if you were going to trade it. Yeah. And uh, it it was covered in like a like a powdered sugar. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. All right, back you to called bubble it, gum man. Music, you called it. We do it. not have infinite time. Bubblegum music. So. What counts as bubblegum music? That's a good question because bubblegum music comes out of a particular time in America, or not just American culture, but let's just say in music history, pop pop music history, when music divided into, so pop music divided into two things. Talk about pop music. Pop, pop, pop music. The, the way that it divided was, it was basically divided on like generational lines. So as say the Beatles grew and developed and sort of took music with them or followed trends and kind of brought them into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So your older brothers and sisters kind of carried on with the Beatles into this kind of weird psychedelic music and then into this very kind of rockish rock and roll music with the White Album. And for the teeny boppers, for the little kids, that's not really what they wanted for music. They didn't want, they wanted to dance is basically what they wanted. They wanted music with a beat that was kind of fun and they could, they could listen, you know, and, and it was for them. And so there's this kind of vacuum that was created. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird because in that time period, you get maybe three different kinds of popular music outside of, outside of kind of out of the, the big bands. And so you get like Sunshine Pop. Which would be? Which would be, oh, Sunshine Pop would be, um, bands that were, uh, mostly West Coast bands that were heavily, that were heavily uh, harmony bands. So you had like like bands that were really influenced by the Beach Boys. Okay. Or and and maybe by like doo wop and by folk music. Makes sense. Okay. Um. So all the kind of like masked singing folk music and stuff like that that was very popular in the early '60s. A lot of those guys kind of went through the folk scene and then came out into the sort of West Coast sunshine pop scene. And a lot of it is so it's kind of based in like the idea of surf and sun and girls and cars and all that kind of stuff. But it's very pr produced and it's very a lot of like harmony singing and stuff in it. And if I was going to choose like kind of a, a typical example of one, gee, it's so hard to do at the top of your head. But uh, I would go with like the Sundowners, Always You, maybe that would be like a good one. Okay. That's very vocal and very, you know, like even like Up Up in the Way would be sure. one, like the Fifth Dimension would kind of fit, fall under that. Um, yeah, just a lot of like, and so there was that music. There was, there was, um, what was happening in England. And this is strictly an English trend, which was what's called Toy Town Psych Pop music. So this was music that grew up out of the psych psychedelic scene because the psych scene kind of was very different in America than it was in, in England. In America, psychedelic music was the sort of heavy rock guitar music with a lot of like exploratory and long guitar solos and a lot kind of a lot of people yelling, like singing, but very loudly over the music. Okay. And it was all about the sort of like live scene and stuff. And it was still dance music in a way. It had a dance beat to it, but it was very long songs that kind of went all over. In England, the psychedelic scene was, wasn't about like really about like, like that. Like it wasn't like a bunch of garage rock bands that, cut, that took acid. It was more like it was it was pop bands that took acid, but they went in this different way. They kind of went, they kind of followed John Lennon, who who took acid and went, you know, I'm going to express my love of Edward Lear and Lewis Carroll and write a lot of songs that are based in my childhood, of what I read as a child, you know, like so, 
uh, Kenneth Graham, uh, Wind in the Willows and stuff. Those all were drawn on by like the Pink Floyd, you know, Pink Floyd with Sid Barrett, um, you know, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. That's the name of their album, which is a chap, which is a chapter of Wind in the Willows, the kind of very psychedelic okay. and weird chapter of Wind in the Willows when, when, um, Molly and, and, uh, Raddy are visited by like basically the spirit of nature in the form of Pan. Oh, wow. And it's a okay. very weird chapter and it's almost like, it's so weird. It's almost hard to understand what's happening. But, and that, I think, and then Edward Lear, the sort of nonsense and kind of almost cruel nonsense of Edward Lear was very appealing to John Lennon and he put a lot of Lewis Carroll and Edward Lear into his, and so all of them started drawing on that. And so you end up with a lot of these songs that are very kind of bouncy and, and have like kids singing on them and stuff like that. And at the same time, they're kind of weird. There's an element of kind of, of strangeness to them, but they're all like about watchmakers and weathermen and little shops having to close and or candy shops and just stuff like that right they're all about these kind of small mm-hmm. british things and then you get bubblegum pop which is once again it's sort of it's very dancey it's very beat oriented and it's about kind of at its essence it's about childhood things so simon says that's a song yeah you know we'll play a little game that's lots of fun not very hard to do this is the game that simon says that you know so or one two three red light once again based in a childhood game or yummy 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 which is like our chewy chewy these songs about candy right and how sweet someone is and they love them so much because they're the sweet songs about chewbacca and their love of the character they love chewbacca. the character chewbacca yeah. i don't know how they traveled in the time machine again and went forward in time wookie, to find wookie, out wookie, wookie, let's have some <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah and you're there you are you're getting down to the essence of the songs which is this kind of you know so it's very simple sure and it's so it's not it's not threatening yeah it's a very anodyne music and of course hated hated in its day by critics and stuff like that so it's almost like it's almost like secret music now like when you listen to this stuff and that's kind of the magic of where when we live and then in a in a time that goes forward there will be people listening to like black eyed peas it's going to be a great night or whatever that song is called and yeah, they're going to be, be like night, yeah. why why didn't people like the song this is a great song because but they're you know we we're listening to 60s music out of the context of that sure. time period so we're not we don't listen to it with any kind of political idea in mind there's like this isn't the rolling stones these guys are not even musicians they're a bunch of seshi musicians with some singer they hired they're not even a real band this is not real music because <laughs> there's not real musicians yeah. playing this music and that you know so that was the objection at the time but when you know for people like me who grew up on like goofy greats and stuff like that and that's where i was exposed to to simon says and to one two three red light that's music is you know my my touchstone of my childhood yeah, and, and again like, like bubblegum i realized that bazooka joe cherry log is mm-hmm. not good yeah and if i had it for the first time today <laughs> i would go dear lord what but yeah you get it at the right time and you bond with it so you you add to uh to it so in the bubblegum scene, there's some bands that like have floated to the top now that we all kind of know. We all kind of know, even if we don't know, we know them. We all kind of know the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Sure. We know that the, sounds literally like bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know, uh, the, uh, Ohio Express because we know the songs like Yummy, Yummy, Yummy and One, Two, Three, Red Light and Simon Says and things like that. We know those songs. They've, they've come, they've come to the top. They've risen to the top of pop, pop culture. Mm-hmm. And we know when we like, when we can recognize those songs. So, but I've chosen songs that come underneath. They're not, they're under the froth right. of, of bubblegum music. So these are songs that I think are good. I don't think they're the best songs ever, but there's songs that I think are pretty good sure. that are part of the bubblegum, bubblegum music. Listen, people like pretty good or they wouldn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> if they want it great, they want it great. They, they know where to find the mm-hmm. great podcasts. They're here for a reason. And, uh, and we don't want to, uh, we don't want to jar them. Yeah. Okay. That's so, so good. here we go. 
So this is uh, this is a band uh, called the Buchanan Brothers. And these are all, by the way, not in any order. This not in any. Yeah, this is best to no worst, order. worst to best. No, 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 just random, random. Yeah, I'm all about the exception of last week, which threw that whole thing out the window. Yeah, it had a theme to it. That's true. Yep. But still, there were no particular order of like. They just were an order of what worked to the theme. History and time. Yeah. All right. So the first band. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's fine. That's fine. Sorry. I'm just gonna do a search. All right. Uh, so this is um this oh, sorry this is the Buchanan Brothers, who were uh, three guys um who performed like they were basically a bunch of songwriters who then said you know it'd be great if we form if uh, like there was a record company called Event Records and they were looking they're mostly like R and B soul record record label but they were looking for Stuff that would kind of cash in on this bubblegum scene. Because here's the thing. When something gets popular, everyone wants some of it. That's right. And it's and in these days in, in music industry, there wasn't like big there was big record companies, but you had room for regional record companies that who could who could cash in in their own kind of region on this stuff. So a company like Event Records, for instance, they're they're not a big record company, but they could get a hit. And they could maybe get a hit that would get picked up and spread across the nation and be a hit everywhere. And that would be fantastic, right? And so uh, the Buchanan brothers were uh, three guys, Terry Cashman, uh, Gene Pistilli, and Tommy West. And they said, we're going to, we're going to like rate some songs, like this, the idea of cashing in. And so they wrote this song called Medicine Man. Okay. And it's a pretty great song. They, Cashman and West later produced Jim Crochet, Crochet. And then Cashman later on had a hit with, it's a song called Talkin' Baseball. And if anyone's like listens to like Sports Talk Radio, They'll be this song, and it's kind of like uh, almost a chatty song. Let's go play baseball. And it's just like a weird song like that. And uh, it's how they always play it every year when summertime starts and the baseball season starts. You'll hear that song and you'll be like, oh, it's that song again. So I imagine he's done very, very well with that. Uh, so this song came out in 1969. Oh, I should say that uh, the heyday of Bubblegum music yep. was uh, 1967, basically starting with Tommy James and the Shondells. When I was born. There you go. Uh, they, they were kind of like the proto bubblegum band and their, their hits became like the model that everyone else kind of followed. Okay. And so it lasted from 67 to 1970. All right. And so it's a pretty that's widespread. When that's when it kind of stopped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's interesting. Um, that's when you died, did you say? Yeah. It's interesting. You didn't notice that. It's so weird. Why it is weird, I, isn't why it? Why would I notice it? Yeah. All right. I'll so tell l- you more about how I came y- back to yeah, life yeah. later. Well, well, let's listen to your music Maybe it was first. the medicine man who cured you. Let's listen to him. Or, or my friend the witch doctor, as we've mentioned earlier. Mm, sure. A little earlier. All right. Here's uh, Medicine Man. I'm the man, understand I'm the only one who can't 
Watching a cartoon. Yes. I'm watching a bunch of teenagers run down a hallway, mm-hmm. chased sure. by a monster. Yeah. They're jumping into some mm-hmm. uh, different uh, vases yep. and sticking their heads out at oh. random times. Yeah, yeah. I could also see uh, the monkeys doing this in a montage mm-hmm. where they're running from their the monkeys. Would, monkeys would be an example of a bubblegum band for sure. Yeah. But they're too popular for, to be on our list. But uh, yeah, and bubblegum was so huge and so easy to do because it was a faceless thing. Mm-hmm. There was no real bands associated with it. So you could have Scooby-Doo, for instance. Like the first season of Scooby-Doo, every chase is done to a bubblegum right. tune that someone has written and someone else is saying. The Archies, another another animated group, were a bubblegum act. Their Josie songs and the are, Pussycats. Josie yeah. and the Pussycats is another example of a bubblegum act. More soulful bubblegum, but yeah, bubblegum nonetheless. And and the Hardy Boys, they were an animated show. They yeah. put out songs. Would uh, the Banana Splits count? Banana Splits would count for sure. Um, there was another one called Something or Other Link. And the evolution or some kind of name like that? Are you talking Lancelot? Yeah, Lancelot Link. Link, Link Detective Chimp? Sure, Not there you Detective go. Chimp. Wait, it was Lancelot Link something something. I don't know if it was yeah, Detective yeah. Chimp, but it was close Okay, to Lancelot Link and the evolution. Another group where... How about the Bugaloos? Would you also count the Bugaloos? I would have to listen. I don't know don't know their music off the top of my head. And I think they're a little... Do they fall into that time period? Or are they a little yeah. later? Uh, well, they're early 70s. They're a Sid and Marty Croft. Okay. I'd have to hear them. I don't I don't know their music. So. Very good. Because if you hear it, you, you go, oh, this bubblegum song. Very good. Like, once again, it's very, like, you go, is it Sunshine Pop? Yeah, I'm not going to put is you it... through the bugaloos. Don't worry about it. And I noticed when I was, uh, I did a little bit of research in this just because I didn't know all these bands super well. Because mostly I've always regarded, like, bubblegum is so mysterious that you can't know about it. Because <laughs> that's how it always has been to me because it's so faceless, you know. Okay. Uh, but I was looking up a little bit and uh, a lot of these bands were listed as garage rock. And they're not garage rock because garage rock is is Rolling Stones, Yardbirds, kids, loving kids who put together a band and played in their parents' garage mm. and rocked out, you know? So Psychotic Reactions by The Count Five. That's garage rock. It's kids playing like heavily, eh, 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 you know, with a, they sure. bought a fuzz box because that's what Keith Richards used in Satisfaction. And they brought it home and they wrote songs based, you know, with that in mind. And that's a totally different thing than what we're talking about here. 
So don't get Garage Rock mixed up with this, All people. All right, very good. No Garage Rock. Very good. Number two. Number Which two. Is not number two, but it's just the second one we're Num- listening to. Second song is... Uh, Same as the By the way, Dave is not playing uh, records here. He's actually doing all these sounds with his own voice. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, okay, I mentioned the band, the Ohio Express. Now, they were a big group, big a big popular rock right. band. And what's interesting about the Ohio Express was they actually <laughs> were a real group. Mm-hmm. They were a bunch of guys. Sure. Had Round at both ends and high all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably it was the sixties. They uh, they won a bunch of contests in New Jersey. Yeah, came to the attention of Casanet Cats, the guys who are kind of like the main the main bubblegum, the doyen doyens of bubblegum music. Can I say that? Not on this show, sir. Not <laughs> if we want to keep our explicit rating. Uh, Please add a swear to it. They, uh, <laughs> they yeah, I guess I should have to. They you know heard these guys saw, thought hey these guys are worth signing. They signed them to the, to the to their production company, Super K Productions, and started making records. The thing was, is once you ended up in the situation for the Ohio Express, was you were in a factory and you didn't know it. Mm. So you're thinking, oh, these guys love our music. We're gonna do a bunch of music for that. Oh no, no, you're a vehicle for songs that we think are gonna be hit songs. Oh, okay. And so we're gonna give you songs that you have to play. You have to play these songs, and yes. and then you're gonna have hit songs with these songs. You're gonna do merce. You're gonna do you know yummy yummy. You're gonna do chewy chewy, and you're gonna have big hits <laughs> with these songs. And so the thing was though, like for instance, yummy yummy yummy, they didn't even sing on it. They didn't even play on it. Is that a bracket song? No. Okay. It's three three names. It's just called yummy yummy yummy. Yeah. It's not brackets. I've got love in my tongue. No. Very good. And uh, so with that song, for instance, like Joey Levine, who was like kind of the main one of the main songwriters for the Super K Productions. He wrote the song and he did a demo f- for the band to do. And Neil Bogart, the president of Buddha Records, who who was uh, Ohio Express was signed to, heard that demo and said, "Oh no, good, release that. That's the hit." So this song comes out for this band. It's not even them singing on it or playing on it. It's a bunch of session guys playing with Joey Levine, who's not even in the band. He's just a songwriter, and they have this. That's their biggest hit, "Yummy Yummy Yummy." So basically, they all quit. Like the they quit and or were fired. It's hard, you know, like. You can't fire me. I quit. So uh, they just they left because they were sick of this. And so the final album, and basically they did four albums in, in two years. And so the final album, which is called Mercy, had, does not feature them at all on the album. The band was gone by this point. So it just became Joy Levine in the studio with with session musicians putting together uh, songs. So Mercy, Mercy comes out of this. Have mercy, mercy, have mercy, mercy. That was the kind of the hit from it. This song is a is a. Quite fun. This song that doesn't is a, sound like bubblegum at all. No, this song is an album track from uh, from from that album, all right. which I think is really great. And so it's not very well known. It wasn't a single or anything like that. But I think it's a super fantastic song. It's called "Come On Down, Marianne." Uh, and uh, again, no brackets. From 1969, okay. from the uh, Ohio Express album "Mercy." Here we go.
Yeah, I think one theme that's going to come across in this is like, well, that sounds a lot like something else. Yeah, you know, yeah. for sure, because they're working, they're doing like he is writing a complete album, but not just he's already put like eight songs, an album in two years, so mm-hmm. he's written thirty-two songs for this band as well as for the 1910 Fruit Gun Company and other bands that, that sure. are coming out of the coming out of this this production company. So he is like, you know, so he's looking, he's going like, oh, this song, da da da. But but when you talk about that, you it sounds like it's gonna be hack. But then to me when you listen to a song like that, it's not hack at all. No, they really yeah. they're really like putting their all into that song. Those little boom boom parts of the song sure, 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 yeah. are really like Clever. That's a clever bit of arranging there, and and also you know singing as well to get. Well, it that. does. It reminds me of other songs, but it reminds me of other good songs. I mean, <laughs> clearly I know these songs because they were popular and they're good. And yeah, like yeah, them. yeah. But it's like, oh yeah, what's that? I I think what's a distraction sometimes for me is when I hear this and I'll hear a little riff in the middle of it and I'll go like, oh, who else did something <laughs> like that? Who else did something like? What's this reminding me of? Yeah, it's yeah. Just like you know, and so maybe that takes me a little bit out of it. Mm. Okay, not me. Very good. Number three. I just I just like the music. Number three, everyone. So number three is going to be, in no particular order, this is the third song. Let's not call it number right. three. Number three is... It would have not... to be number three, though, whether you're going frontwards or backwards. I don't know. So this is, uh, this is a band with a great name. Oh, okay. You ready for this name? Uh, it's called Flying Giraffe. And, okay, so it comes... This oh, Before sorry. we get started. Okay, yep. Picture a flying giraffe. Okay. Is the giraffe... Okay. okay is the giraffe flying like Superman mm. with legs... In front and in back extended with head forward? Or are you picturing a giraffe that's flying, uh, just like it's standing up, but it's just flying around like a giraffe normally would? Or are you picturing, like me, that it's whipping its head around like a helicopter? And that's, uh, and that's what's making it fly. When you picture a flying giraffe, what's the first thing that comes into your head? I think of a more like a, a, a giraffe that is just like gliding through the air and not that it's not, uh, it's possibly plummeting to its death. I'm not sure. Oh, you think a I falling don't, giraffe? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't, I just, I'm just seeing it, a giraffe going through the air. I'm not picturing it like with wings or using Oh, I its, didn't even think it was adding wings to Or it. using its neck as a rotor. I'm just thinking it as it this a... It couldn't be in an airplane. As a magical giraffe flying through the air. Okay. All right. Very good. I'm thinking more magic than practical. Sounds good, but it is things. a good name. Magical giraffe. No, so, I'm sorry, flying giraffe. Uh, so um, flying giraffe did a really terrible song. And it's, um, what was it called again? It's called Bring Back Sticking Your Neck Out. Bring Bring Back Howdy Doody. <laughs> and this song is so terrible. Cause you're living there's nothing I hate more than living in someone else's nostalgia. I think that's a terrible place to be. But the song itself is awful. And okay, I'm just gonna play a little bit of it. I'm just gonna play a little bit of Where it. Now. Have you gone, howdy doody. Oh, I wish it was turns its lonely I wish that you. was the song. because uh, it is Awful, awful, awful. So I'm going to play it. We'll play it now. Sure. Just a little taster. I'm not going to play all of it because I can't okay. stand it. So here we go. No, okay. Bring back Howdy Doody, everyone. There was a TV show was on a while ago. I really loved it so. It was my favorite show. Each night at five o'clock, the TV said I'd watch. And then I'd see the sign. It's Howdy Doody. Oh, I 
let's stop it there because that's really to me that's just awful. Like like that's like the the example of like when bubble gum could be really awful, and that right. is an example of it there. And there's other examples if you want to search it out, but who does? Wow. Okay. What do you think of that? It reminded me of, uh, and I said, "What about breakfast at Tiffany's?" <laughs> what? Wait, why? That song. Just because it's talking about just like, hey, remember breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah, that was oh, good. Okay. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of other things that just refer to you know. Yeah. Hey, did you like Cheers? That was not a bad show. Hey, remember Cheers? It was pretty, pretty good. Okay. So, so we're not going to listen to more of that. But we're not going to listen to more of that. Song by them. So the B side of that single, okay, is a song called "Let's Get to Get." Let's kill Clarabelle the Clown. That's right. <laughs> let's kill Howdy. <laughs> really dark, really yeah. dark turn. Let's they loved a, Howdy. They hated Clarabelle. Let's take it a better way. Yeah, it's called no. It's called "Let's Get to Getting." Okay, which I good. I think that's a already better than "Bring Back Howdy Doody." Very good. And um, this song. I like the song on the first side, but this song was only written by uh, Kaznitz and Katz, who were Jeff Katz and Jerry Kaznitz. And they were this, uh, like, kind of this super production team that just kept churning out all these songs. And they just make up a band name. They go, how about a band called Flying Giraffe? The kids are like that. Right. Let's put out a song about Howdy Doody. The kids used to like Howdy Doody. Sure. This is going to be a big hit. Uh, and so basically the band was already a band. They were called Lieutenant Garcia's Magic Music Box. Okay. And they sure. took, they took that band sure. and they turned them into Flying Giraffe. <laughs> sure, they did. Changed vocalists slightly. So instead of, uh, uh. Sounds like both those names could have got married and made Monty Python's Flying Circus. There you go. It feels like they both did, right? They Let's, did, probably. Yeah. And so, and probably Monty Python's Flying Circus came out of this time period of these kind sure. of bands that were in existence. And it didn't seem that weird to call a show that. Like now it feels weird to us, but if you were there in that time when there was already the Kazanitz and Cat Super Orchestral Flying Flying Circus or whatever, sure, there already was a circus band name for the. And, and again, we're not throwing stones. Our name is Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, that's right. What's that mean? Don't look it up. Okay, go ahead. And I always want to like accent the fact that this song, this came out. It didn't come out on Buddha. This, um, this song came out on Bell Records, so a different record company, a small label. They had the Fifth Dimension, but they weren't like a big label. I think they also had the uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips later on. Okay. But yeah, they're mostly like a soul R&B act, and they wanted to get on on this bubblegum thing. So they actually hired the guys who would give you the bubblegum thing, Kaznitz and Cats, Super K Productions. And uh, this was the B-side, so let's get to getting. Let's get to
about a hundred times better than the oh, yeah, A side. Yeah. I know it's crazy. But this song's fantastic. But the A side is the pile of junk. A pile of junk. But I can see how they would have sold it. Yeah, like, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, sure, for sure. I mean, when you were when when you first played, I went, oh, that's kind of condescending. You just mentioned something that people remember nostalgically that they like that uh, young people like. Oh yeah, Howdy Doody, right? And why don't you just write a song about like, oh, I love sugar? I was like, oh right, that was a number one hit song. <laughs> sugar, point, sugar. point, point made. Point oh. made. Okay. Uh, so now bubblegum as a term. It can apply to bands that maybe didn't even think of themselves as bubblegum. But just because of the time period, they're kind of aim- directing their music in a way that, and you listen to it and you go, oh, this is, uh, you didn't realize it, buddy, but you're making bubblegum yeah. music. They lived in that time. They lived they in got, that time. Uh, they got influenced. So uh, this was actually a Southern a southern uh, performer, a guy named Terry Manning. And he, um, he was uh, like a producer, engineer. He worked for Stax Records was like the main guy who worked on like the staple singers music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also worked for Har- Ardent Records, which um, was, it was, a, it was also a Memphis based studio, but they were more, the guy who started that studio really loved like British invasion, invasion music. So he had very little in the way of like soul music on that label or in, he, he wanted to like promote kind of British invasion style acts. And then later on, like one of the biggest groups that came out of that studio was Big Star. Uh, the band with Alex Chilton in it, and and so they recorded all their music at at Ardent, and then were distributed distributed. I should put that in quotation marks by Stax. That unfortunately Stax collapsed in a huge pile of bankruptcy at that point, and and a lot of bands, a lot of really good Memphis bands, including Big Star and Cargo, for instance, were like, their careers were destroyed by this by this collapse of Stax. But there was this guy named Terry Manning, and he did a record in 1970, I think called like Home Sweet South or something like that. And this song called Rocks came off of it. And, and I think it's uh, a bubblegum song in all but name. Ah. So let's play it. So a controversial point of view. I'm always controversial. Very good. I think it's bubblegum. You could maybe, I can't, so you can't call it uh, Toy Town Psych because that only can be British. 
according to the definition. So we'll throw it in the bubblegum pile. Yeah, it really does sound like songs I've heard before that I'm like, oh, yeah. Like if you said, oh, you heard that a lot when you were young. We'll go, well, yeah, it's possible. That's very possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's very, they're all very, very familiar. This is the warm bath of, uh, of songs. Yeah, I mean, I guess when, well, when we were kids, I mean, we kind of missed it because we were a little too young, but... Like these songs were top forty songs. Like not that song, but but all like all the super K, like you know the Ohio Express and stuff like that. Like those were all over the place, like yeah. all over the charts, and bands that were playing in the same idiom, you know, uh, or were adapting it to their own kind of thing. Um, I, it also like, feels like it would be a movie, and there'd be a romantic scene, and again a montage, mm-hmm. and you know it's a couple and they're running through a field, yeah. and and uh, frolic in the grass, and this would be playing there while uh, this goes this goes on. And a and a song like. Um, ABC by the Jacksons. That's bubblegum music. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's totally using that idiom in a, in a soulful way, but it's still, or Oh Child by the Five Stair Steps. Once again, it's, that's bubblegum music, you know, at the time. It would have been considered that, that, um, we would have a maybe different view of it now, but, uh, for sure. Okay. So let's move on to another song. Let me just look at my list here. My list, it tells me that, uh, oh, 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Once again, a band, Super popular band, had big hits, one, two, three, Red Light, uh, sung by this guy named Mark Gut- Gutkowski. Uh, and they were, once again, a real band yeah. who were, you know, heard and signed by Super K Productions and brought to Buddha Records. And their albums, but kind of unlike the Ohio Express, um, 1910 Fruit Gun Company were talented enough to, like, get a lot of their own songs on the records. And not all their songs were, like, the, the radio hits, but they were good songs and good enough to be on their album. And they could play them and stuff like that. And Mark Gutkowski had a great voice, like a super nice, like, because there is a certain soulful, like. That's an example of not bubblegum music. That's not. Right. And when you hear a siren, please put a piece of gum in your mouth. <laughs> and, uh. And as always, we wow. wish the people they are going towards yeah. well. Fire engine. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Yikes. Hopefully this will not lead to more condos. Okay. <laughs> the um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, because the thing, one thing about bubblegum music is it had a real kind of soul underpinning to it. Mm-hmm. Like you hear that particularly like Tommy James and the Shondells, and and there is kind of like yeah, there's that little bit of like soulfulness to it. And Good Cusky had a really soulful voice. But this song is a little bit the opposite of of that. This song is a really bouncy kitty song, which I really really oh, okay. like a lot. All right. And it's called Shirley Applegate, oh, and it's a little uh, little tribute to this uh, beautiful girl. Very good. Let's hear. Let's hear it. It's a good let's idea. Let's hear it now. Let's. Well, why not? Though I am ten and you are eight, all I ever hear is your name, Shirley Applegate. Won't you come take a walk with me? Oh, how happy we could be. Shirley Applegate. Sweeter than honey Shirley Applegate Makes my day so sunny Can I carry your books to school? Can I teach you the gold, the golden rule? Learn it now before it's too late I love you Shirley Applegate Shirley Applegate, you look so fine. Shirley Applegate, you gotta be mine. 
singing um it's interesting though if you listen to a lot of uh a lot of uh 1910 fruit gum company you'll notice uh later on he's no longer singing with them it's some other oh, guy it's just what happened uh, who knows he'd probably just got tired of that or, or they just he was away touring uh you know the band was touring and they needed someone to sing a, a song and so they just brought in a session musician to sing as the 1910 fruit gum company oh, okay. it wasn't uncommon it was just really it was a, an assembly line and you're just part of the you're part of the system and uh and uh, for good or ill, you got you you made some money. You had some fun. You probably didn't make a lot of money because you weren't like the main songwriter. You were just a hired hired guys who went out on the road as the band. A lot of the time, they didn't play on the on the albums. They, they were mostly session uh, musicians so, who did that. Interesting things. Yeah, like yeah. How there's all these different versions of bands back mm -hmm, then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let us move. We mentioned this band, and let's let's play this. By the way, do you, oh, think, do you think it was music videos that killed that? Because people then had a visual idea of what the bands were. You know, I think I don't think it was killed by that. I think it was killed by a change in people's perception of of like people this idea that we're going to grow up. So like when the singer songwriter era of the early seventies started, you know, it was very sincere music. It was personal. People were playing yeah. their own songs and singing their own, writing and singing their own songs and expressing themselves. And the idea of a band that didn't was just a, a mouthpiece for some sort of corporation. I think that kind of didn't work so well in that time period, you know. And we had to wait a while for that to come back around again. And then we had bands like Backstreet Boys and things like that, which basically this, that, that's all they are. They're just a you know mouthpiece for for uh, songwriting teams, one right. one direction and things like that. They're just they're just singing other people's songs. They're archetypes, and you have to mm. fill the slots. That's right. You, yeah, that's you right. You it. Yeah. yeah, and that's not to devalue that music. It has it has sure, a value, sure. you know. And I think you know, I, the most important thing to me about that is if the group has an interesting personality as a group you know like a, something like one direction i think was an interesting group because they were fun people and had fun with what was happening to them you know and they weren't like serious super serious and they made jokes and and connected to their to their fans and that's that's important for you know young kids and stuff like that they want to have that connection to, the, to what they like and that's perfectly fine and i think we can have both we can have serious music and we can have fun music you know and this music is like was of the, of its time was the fun music of its time, sure, and was spat upon for that reason. Yeah, as as the music of today is as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's hear. We talked about them. Let's hear them. Lieutenant Garcia's Magic Music oh, Box. All right, and this right. is really unusual, I think. Uh, and it was kind of a daring project at the time. Uh, Kazanitz and Cat signed this band and basically left them alone. They had one hit, one song that was meant as the hit on the album, and the rest of the album they just could do what they want with it. And so they produced like a lot of really interesting music on the album. And this is one of the songs on it. It's called uh, um, Sweet Lady Fair. And it's it falls under the umbrella of bu Bubblegum because it's by a bubblegum band. But it's very, it's interesting anyway. It kind of, it's its own thing. 
Sure. And so we'll just kind of go in this direction for this one song. All right. So let's listen to Sweet Lady Fair by Lieutenant Garcia's Magic Music Box. Mm-hmm. The album was called like Cross the Border or something like that, and it had like a Latino kind of feel to it. This song doesn't have a Latino feel, but it's the album had a mix of different styles. But here, anyway, here we go. Just whisper once, I Almost, yeah, almost a, th- <laughs> almost a throwback to the the, the kind of early mid sixties uh, West Coast folk sound, like the birds and stuff like that. Yeah, but with that little bit of yeah, a definitely gum. some birds in there. For yeah, sure. and then a, but and a little bit of the AM AM radio singing, and then uh, that doo doo kind of grounding it in bubblegum. Yeah. So yeah, but I quite quite like that song. I think it's uh, very good. That band, um, yeah, but that band and Flying Giraffe were basically the same band. By the okay, way, okay, all right. They just changed names and did, just did, did a different song and they changed singers that singer had left and then they brought the guitar player and another guy in to do the vocals for yeah. for let's get to getting feels like people had a lot of sex to that song why not mm, why not it was the time hey, anytime is the time for a lot of sex so um let's listen to okay i like the song okay is this number five or is this number six oh we're this just going bonus? we're going on we're going on how many are we doing Ten. 
Are we really doing 10? You said you wanted the top 10. Okay. All right. So all right. I, that's, that's why I said we needed time for the... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'm trying to go fast. I'm trying to go fast. Okay. So here we go. So, geez, quit writing me, people. Okay. So this is... Um, so this is number six now. Is it? I don't know. Okay. Is it? You I, tell me. I, okay. I'll tell you in a minute. All right. All right. So uh, this is... Uh, this is a tribute to the most uncomfortable thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Here we go. My mama said we would love it. Something we did long ago. Whoa, whoa, now. Never could get enough of it. We grab a wagon and go, go, go. And take a hayride, meet at the park. We're gonna leave after dark. You're gonna love it, I know. So there you go. So uh, so they got the chipmunks to do just the opening <laughs> bit. That is a song written by someone who has never been near has never been near hay. Because <laughs> if they were near hay, they would know that you would never want to make love in hay. Because hay is horrible. It pokes you. You just said it's any time is is, is the right time for anytime. a lot of sex. Yep. Now immediately I'm you come saying. back and you go like, except when you're around. <laughs> I, hay. Yeah. Except when you're in hay. Do not do it in hay, people. That's my advice to you. Okay. Hay is a no good. No good. Dirty, pitch, pokey. Pitch woo, not hay. I used to, when I used to do haying, like when we used to hay, my arm would be covered in all these little circular cuts from the right. hay poking into my skin. And so I just don't think that's good in, in, a, in any kind of situation. No, you shouldn't have You don't that. want to no, invite you got to wear more protection yeah, than that. Yeah, more protection. Whether you're uh, doing hay or doing love. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was Flying Circus. Okay. And Hayride. Again, Flying Circus. Yeah. Another Kaznitz and Cat song. And probably Flying Circus was related to Flying Giraffe. And they just keep changing the name right. to keep it uh, keep it fresh, fresh. A la um, Jefferson Airplane. Yes. All right. Now, we're a Canadian show. As far as we're I playing know. music. Okay. So what do we need now? Uh, we, need some, uh, we need some Mexican uh, songs. Exactly. I know we had kind of a Latin thing earlier. Here we go. So here's the Mexican Belgian? songs for you. 
this is a band that was called East African Affair. And it was a Canadian band? It was a Canadian band. Well, and uh, well, there you go. And there's a song called Lovin' Every Little Thing You Do. Here we go. It's the EAA. <laughs> song yeah that's uh that did sound very generic they were uh, yeah they were from sudbury ontario uh originally, that sounds Sud- sudbury sounds sudbury they originally they were called the uh the inferno five plus one <laughs> so i guess they were the inferno five and then another guy joined so they because became they plus didn't one. want to be the satanic six not the only one they did that because there was the unit four plus two which was a british band <laughs> for fuck's sake and so then much math. The, the the rap group uh the funky four plus one now, That's did the any of these bands utilize this brackets technology we spoke of earlier? No, these are they all. They could have like made bed. They could have, yeah, they no, no. You would then have to go like, oh, I've got to, I got to no. do what's in the brackets first before yeah, I deal no. with the rest. It's every little thing, loving every little thing you do is all one thing, and uh, yeah, I guess they started off as more of like a loving every minute of it. They started off as a garage band, as a Stonesy style garage band, all right, and then as music changed, and this song came out in in '68 uh, on a little label called Caravan. Uh, they uh, they changed their style a little bit to try and you know ca- keep up with the Joneses as it well. Were. They good on you Canadians. We're good at we're good at emulating other people's music. Mm-hmm. They were the Sloan of their time, were... except less so. <laughs> except less successful. Uh, but yeah, but not bad. Okay, so uh, I know that uh, Ian is want to wants to kill me. So we're gonna move on to another song now. We just we have a movie to go to. That's all. Uh, it's movies are movies. What time does it start at? Movie starts at nine. Oh, it does. Oh my god. Okay. Well, let's just rip through this last part here. Okay, guys. Here we go. This song is uh, by a band called Long Island Sound, and it's called One, Two, Three, and I Fell. We're just going to play it, and we'll talk a little bit about it after. Sure. It. Okay, here All we right. go. One, Two, Three, and I Fell. 
But very early on, that was from 1967. It was written by uh, a guy named Bo Gentry yeah. and a couple other guys who um, basically they were like the production team behind Tommy James and the Shondells. So they did like all his hit songs, Mirage and uh, whatever else. I can't think of that. That sounded like they'd be surrounded by teenagers who are on rafters, surrounded by rafters of teenagers who are swinging their legs. And then you go like, you're like who's that one guy? And it's Long John Baldry. And he's there with them. The British star? Yeah, he'd be there sitting watching it uh, <laughs> with uh, all the teenagers. You're like, who's that guy? Who's that one guy? And you find out later on, that's Long John Baldry. Like, hmm. well, very good. Wow. So uh, Bo Gentry and his songwriting partner, whose name was uh, uh, Richie, Cord- uh, Richie Cordell, they uh, started. Can you the... see, by the way, because the lights have gone. Lights have gone nothing. away. I'm using the, the mirror window all behind right, me. Good. If you need the lights on, you let it's me. Very know. dim. Uh, We've they... talked ourselves into darkness. They they uh, started a production company called Big Kahuna Productions with uh, Kaznitz and Katz. Oh, okay. So the four of them together had this production company, and then almost like th- three months later, they they broke up. They broke up, and then Kaznitz and Katz left, and Big Kahuna stayed with with Bo Gentry and Rich, and uh, Richie Cordell. And Kaznitz and Katz went on to form Super K Productions. And so they both kind of went their own way and did their own music. But uh, yeah, so that band, once again, pro- just a, uh, probably just a session, you know, a bunch of session musicians and yeah. then a hired hand to play. Because I don't really know very much about the band itself. It's There's not much information. Just about the guys, the production people behind it. So so yeah, so that's, but I think it's a good song, really good song. Yeah. A pop song of its day. Uh, And then we're getting near the end, everyone. We're getting near, I think this is the very last song, actually. Let me just count. Let me count what I've done. 
Is it, or is it a fake out? And you're gonna give us a bonus at the end. Well? <laughs> I, I was thinking about it, but I might not. I okay. might just, I might do it secretly. Oh One, two, dear. Three, four, okay. Five, while you do that, six, I'm gonna open the window a little eight, bit to give you a bit more light. Ten. Than, you know, light. Okay, so this is the last song. Um, and I'm letting the sun shine in, which is another song, uh, but from, <laughs> uh, you know, the 70s. Okay, back to you. So we haven't really highlighted it. We did talk about a little bit about the Jacksons with ABC and sure. the Five Stair Steps with Ooh Child. Um, but there was a lot of, like, bubblegum soul that came out of the time period. The Fifth Dimension, we would I would put into that. Oh, okay. All some right. of their songs would fall into that. Uh, Friends of Distinction, some of their songs would fall into that. And, uh, like, um, Maxine Nightingale, I think her name was, you know. Okay. The love is strong. We ought to get right back where we started from. That kind of stuff would have been considered like bubblegum of its time. Yeah. And so, but we're going to play a song that maybe people haven't heard, and it's called Blame It on the Pony Express by Johnny Johnson's and the Bandwagon. Finally, people are blaming the Pony Express for the bad mail that they got back in the day. Finally. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Getting away too easy, the Pony Express. It has to answer for itself somehow. Mm hmm. Blame. Use a horse, you sons of bitches. Why are you riding ponies, those poor little things? They're not the best idea for that. Huh. Oops. And you know that, Dave. You're a horseman. You're a fisherman. You're a horseman. Is there anim- any animal you're not? <laughs> you're what? a discman. <laughs> I'm a discman. I am a discman. Sorry. You're a midnight kiss man. You don't want to hurt no one.
Cool. Liked it. Yeah, that was really good. That song was uh, Pat Booned by Bobby Sherman, but that was the original <laughs> version of it there. Uh, I like the Come Ons at the top. There was another yeah, uh, band yeah. earlier that was doing Come Ons. Mm-hmm. And I always come want... on down, come on down, like, well, the... oh, it wasn't that. It was the oh. person doing, come on, come on. They were oh. doing one of those ones. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, you know, because it sounds good when you do it, but I always think, like, when I hear that, like, who are you talking to? Us? Are we... <laughs> we're already here. Yeah. We're on board. What are you saying? Come on, come on. Um, I would say if you, this list that you have made today, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have enough right now to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> he does use a lot of uh, bu- bubblegum kind of yeah. music in his... Uh, that's obviously his... his um, also his... Uh, what is it? Wheelhouse in his yeah. wheelhouse. Um, so I said that we were going to do 10. Did mm-hmm. I have a... I do have a bonus track. Do you want to hear the bonus track? Sure, sure. I just thought a modern one. Not super modern, but an 80s... Night from 1988. So by modern, you bubble mean gum, yeah, 30, 30 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> I'm old, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. Let's face it. So, as um, fresh, so as I, fresh as the '80s. I'm gonna play this song, and you tell me. Sure. You tell me if it sounds if it sounds uh, like a bubblegum song. All right. Okay. And also, listeners at home, you can also tell me if it sounds like a bubblegum song. Let's hear it now.
you think yeah. that falls under that? Uh... I would say so. I would not have guessed that was an 80s song by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, 1988. It's from a band called The Man From Del Monte. Okay. Who are a Manchester band. And they're part of the... What what's was... that a reference to? That sounds very familiar. What is that? The Man From Del Monte? Yeah, The Man From Del Monte. That's from something. I guess so. Oh, okay, very good. I don't know. That... Where um... was the inspiration for the name of the band? We could I could look it up if you want me to. Uh, let me just... You, it's a you, movie. You it's talk. A, it's definitely a movie. They took their name from a series of 1980s television advertisements for Del Monte fruit juices. Oh, well, then I'm wrong about Featuring that. the man from Del Monte. Very good. In these, the man would visit villages to sample their fruit juices. <laughs> to see if they were good enough to be included in his company's drinks. I, I do actually remember those ads. Okay. The tagline shouted jubilantly by a villager on approval was, The man from Del Monte, he say... See, no, he said yes, <laughs> yes. Sounds very, sounds very of, its of the time. time. That yes, sounds eighties. That uh, sounds damn eighties. What's interesting? Well, here's one other interesting little point: is that John Ronson, who wrote uh, the book about public shaming, uh, which I really quite like, and uh, his, his, he's a journalist. He also managed them at one time. So there you oh, go. Okay, all right. He had he had his fingers in their in their pie. Um, Ooh. Yeah, the fruit uh, pie? they would be. It has a bubblegum sound, but also has the sound of of that English music of that time yeah. period from the late eighties, the the C eighty six, C eighty seven, C eighty eight movement that happened at that time, which was a lot of jangle pop music, a lot of guys <laughs> playing their their guitars, jangling away, and sort of uh, singing like a, a a seal from Essex, that very. She's got a thing on. I've got an accent. You can hear it. You know, like, it's, you know, if you listen to the Beatles, you did not know the Beatles. You did not not know the Beatles were, if you didn't know the Beatles were English, you wouldn't know it from how they sang. But it became this thing in the 80s that you had to sing, like, so you sounded like you were very, very British. Yeah, so there was no reason to do that. We're not British. I mean, we are British. Everyone love our music. Jingle, jangle. I feel, sorry, I feel a little bad about this once upon a time. Uh, well, I was working on a show called Switchback. They had Big Country on there and, mm. uh, you know, the hit uh, yep. In a Big Country from their album In a Big Country and their name was Big Country. Yep. Anyway, um, and uh, they had very thick accents, very mm. thick Scottish accents. Yes. And, uh, and, 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 and all the host would do was just talking about how they didn't sound like they do when they sing. And after a certain point, you just wanted to go, drop it. Yeah, that's right. Let it go. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You want, yeah. Why do you sing Fields of Fire and not Fields of Fire? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's great. You know what? We're all doing a kid show in Canada. So let's just, uh, you know, we're kind of big shots right now. So shut up. You know, yeah, they yeah. say that. But yeah, they could have. They and, and they're up really they early in the morning. Yep. It's pretty damn early in yeah, the morning yeah. for big country to be up. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got zits on our faces because we were up drinking too late last night and we got up early in the morning. Or we're just, ugh, we're in no mood for this bullshit. Yep. Yeah, lucky. They, luckily, they didn't get all Glaswegian on the guy. That would they would have shown some. There's a lot of, of respect because Canada is a big country. It is a big country, you're right? And dreams it stay is. with you. They do because you can't take them anywhere else because no one wants them in Canada. No one wants to hear your dreams. Fuck that. Especially shit. the Canadian dreams. <laughs> Baloney. So, folks, yes. what did you think of the world of bubblegum? Did Dave miss something that you're like, hey, you know what? You should hear hear this uh, weird bit of business. And can I just say one more thing? Is thank you, you everyone. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to my bubblegum music because I really love. That time period of music. There I love all the music from that time period. And maybe in a couple, in a little while, maybe I'll do like a top five uh, pop psych toy town and maybe a top five sunshine pop. For yeah, me. Sounds like you're just making nonsense words up right now, but fair enough. I'm not. These are actual yeah. things. I'll do some uh, flip rock and some uh, yeah, you do tones that. and I'd some love to hear of those, that. you know. Uh, oh, some polytones? Uh, yeah. That is some good stuff. I'll do some uh, splag discs and uh, <laughs> we'll do the best of that era. Sure, sure. The, uh, you do that. I'd like to hear it. Punk uh I'd love to hear it. Time, uh, time period. I'd love to hear that. Uh, look. We want to hear, and speaking of hearing, 
we love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you give us a uh, email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We have been getting emails from you, and darn it, it's nice It's nice to hear that. If you like to just do things directly on message boards, well, let me tell you where to find us, sneakydragon.com. Uh, every episode's up there, and there's a message board underneath every episode, so just talk directly to us that way. Or go on Facebook. Of course, we've got a page. You have to. That's the way it is, at least for now. Twitter, at sneaky underscore dragon. That's, I believe, right. And Tumblr, that's what the kids are doing. Uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com, which is basically a mirror site of uh, the uh, sneakydragon.com. But, hey, go there anyway. Why not? Sure. Why not? Uh, tell tell your young friends about it. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we've let you know where we're going to be. Come see us live. We would love to see you. Totally. Uh, and, uh, and and there you go. There you go. We got to Glad to see you. Talk to you. And we've got... Come up a, and talk to us. Sure. I wish I could talk, but I can't because Dave's talking. Go. Uh, and we have another podcast coming up uh, shortly. We'll tell you more about that next time. Uh, and it's, it's been a delight, sir. Let's go see a movie that you're not interested in seeing because uh, what's better than that? <laughs> yeah. If you go to a movie with low expectations, you're bound to be surprised in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Let us go and uh, enjoy ourselves. That's right. Well, I had low expectations for Rampage, and uh, I don't know if that's true. Okay. <laughs> hey, the wolf has wings. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Because it does. Oh, all right. Hooray. Does, a, the, does the gorilla then have something special as well? Well, here's nope. the question nope. then. Was there a flying giraffe in the movie? Oh, I wish. Oh, Necosaurus. Oh, so great. Bye. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, we can start anytime you want. It's, uh, 334. Waiting for trucks to pass. Mm-hmm. You're lucky you weren't here last night. So smoky. <laughs> Is that so right? So smoky, yeah. Pender and something, uh, well, oh, big, the fire. Fire. Hmm? big fire. Big uh, fire. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. 